Section forty six, volume three, chapter twelve of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter twelve. Raw damps with flagging wings fly heavily about, scattering their pestilential colds and rooms through all the lazy air. Dryden gloomy as had been their anticipations of the aspect of holywell in its altered state experience could alone render arthur and his wife fully sensible of the miserable change wrought there by the loss of sophia the inauspicious season of the year the cheerlessness of the weather contrasted with the cordiality of the affectionate noisy family they had quitted all conspired to impart a more than usually desolate appearance to the place mrs armytage was looking extremely ill was silent sad no longer imperious no longer overbearing but broken in mind and body a shadow of her former self and all this became doubly apparent to marian when after a few days arthur was under the necessity of quitting her for town she could scarcely bear to find herself alone with mrs armytage the gloom of whose countenance was enhanced by the deepness of her mourning and the impenetrability of her silence and when she took refuge in her own apartment from the stillness of the drawing-room the very echo of her own footsteps along the now deserted corridors filled her with nervous dread what a change had been effected in the house within the last eight months oppressive as she had found its stateliness on her first introduction how much more overpowering to her feelings was its present torpor of death-like tranquillity nor was there a single subject on which she could with pleasure or propriety enter into conversation with her companion the past was an interdicted theme the past with its reminiscences of her whose absence engrossed the thoughts of both clifton must not be named her visit to scarborough connected with her own family and that of spalding must also be buried in oblivion marian scarcely even ventured to repeat the daily intelligence contained in arthur's letters involving as it necessarily did the names of robsey and baltimore and often did she sit hour after hour in a melancholy tete-a-tete with mrs armytage not daring to evoke the sound of music in those rooms now consecrated by the memory of sophia not daring to arouse the infant laughter of her child but weary of her work weary of her book weary of the leaden aspect of a november sky and counting the hours by every tedious quarter chimed by the gorgeous pendule decorating the silent chamber such is the monotony of an existence uncheered by the blessings of confidential intercourse among marian's causes of discontent too existed one which she could scarcely reconcile to her own belief the affectionate frankness of her dying sister's letter had opened her eyes to the absurdity the want of generosity the self-committal included in her jealousy of lady laura greta 
and determined her to spare no effort in establishing a lasting friendship with the family so dear to the heart and precious to the esteem of sophia armytage she felt that she had wrongs to atone towards them and with her characteristic candour longed to commence her course of expiation and prove herself worthy of their better opinions but it was impossible for any explanation to take place in the chilling presence of mrs armytage who seemed to have made up her mind that marian and lady laura should never meet alone perhaps she dreaded that a better understanding should commence between them perhaps she was desirous that her daughter-in-law should form no independent friendships for whenever mrs arthur proposed a drive to greta castle and such a measure without the cognizance of the lady of holywell was wholly impossible she too found herself under the necessity of paying a visit to lady rotherham and never for a moment did she quit the room when these visits were returned by any member of the greta family marian's health soon began to sink under this oppressive thraldom of mind and body and having again the prospect of becoming a mother a prospect which aware of her former troublesome anxieties she was careful to withhold from the knowledge of mrs armytage she denied herself the pleasure of solitary excursions on horseback and found her sole relief from the tediousness of home in rambling through holywell park sometimes accompanied by little harriet and her nurse sometimes alone as often as she dared she extended her walk into the village striving to fill as best she might towards the sick and needy the place of the gentle benefactress they had lost it was on returning one morning from an expedition of this laudable nature that she was overtaken by lord wildingham who giving his horse to his servant instantly and joyfully offered her his arm how fortunate i am to have met you was his first exclamation i was making my way to holywell with the certainty of being refused admittance for i find no visits are received there at present except from the rotherham family no words can describe how anxious i have been to see you again mrs armytage is not equal to seeing company replied marian she is greatly overcome by her loss natural enough rejoined lord wildingham having persecuted her poor daughter to death it is but just that her conscience should supply those pangs which the heart of any other mother would naturally experience but i will not accuse her now poor woman since her day of atonement is come tell me do you hear frequently from arthur and what does he tell you of himself and what of your family they are well i hope quite well and the affairs of the nation well too as says the thane of ross i seldom trouble myself with the affairs of the nation there are so many wiser heads than mine devoted to their administration wherein you show your own to be the wisest it may therefore be news to you that our unruly kerns of ireland are likely to tax the legislative wisdom of such solons as mine uncle of robsey for four weeks instead of two parliament will not be up in short till the very eve of the holidays you do not say so three weeks longer how shall i get through three more weeks with mrs armytage ejaculated marian 
a trying ordeal of patience i must admit guess then what i must have been undergoing in the last four weeks of suspense suspense have you forgot the eventful day on which we parted at scarborough eventful indeed said marian the day on which those fatal tidings reached me from clifton do justice at least to my forbearance resumed her companion that being aware how sincere must be your affliction how different from the self-upbraidings of mrs armytage i have forborne to intrude upon you with distresses of my own you must surely recollect that you promised to obtain for me from your family some explanation of their mysterious allusions to the parentage of rosamond devonport i do indeed and have to accuse my selfishness in having so ill fulfilled my commission but you know not how completely my attention was absorbed at scarborough by poor arthur's misery i can readily understand it but are you still absolutely in the dark do you know nothing further on the subject nothing of any interest once when the departure of the marinums from scarborough was mentioned in my mother's presence i alluded to her former observations but arthur was sitting between us at the time and she made signs to me to forbear the inquiry it is evidently connected in some way or other with our family affairs and in a manner she seems to think discreditable how strange how perplexing ejaculated lord wildingham and have you gained no tidings inquired marian none or worse than none was his reply from you who have been from the first my confidant i still withhold nothing and am persuaded i may trust to your discretion indeed you may besides continued marian with a melancholy smile unless i were to whisper your secrets to the reeds of the wharf to whom could i possibly unfold them here at dull solitary holywell i may as well own then at once that i have referred myself for explanation to my father mrs di Marinum, having frequently and mysteriously alluded to the duke in my presence as somehow or other interested in their family affairs the duke of spalding and did he make the same admission he seemed startled by my allusions to the subject but that he would have been under any circumstances for my mother has managed to break up so completely all habits of intercourse between him and his children that he was as much surprised to find himself addressed by one of us concerning anything more interesting than the state of the weather as if an ox had spoken i was even forced to avow the motive of my interest in the mysteries of the grange by way of apology for my familiarity and had your confession a happy influence by no means my father asked me in plain terms whether it was my intention to offer my hand to miss devonport and on hearing my affirmative coolly expressed his positive interdiction and without one explanatory word i suspect the duchess had been beforehand with me and worked up his pride and prejudices against the match do you suppose they have taken up the opinion propagated by the wemmersleys that rose is the illegitimate daughter of di Marinum? 
i cannot guess my father gave me no clue to the cause of his opposition but what other circumstance detrimental to poor rose devonport can they possibly know or imagine that i hope still to learn through your interposition you will do me the very great kindness will you not of writing to mrs baltimore or your aunt entreating them to vouchsafe us further information they can have no scruple to communicate with you by letter on the subject a letter can injure no person's feelings i will at least make the request thank you thank you pray write by this day's post remember how grievously my suspense has been already prolonged certainly i owe you at least that reparation and by saturday you will probably receive an answer by saturday or sunday at the farthest if you frame your petition in the urgent terms i could desire may i come on sunday we receive no visitors at holywell interrupted marian perhaps i had better write to you no you would not tell me half i desire to know pray allow me at least to join you in your walk as i have done to-day that we may discuss the thing without restraint that might be easily arranged replied marian without consideration i walk almost every day at this hour when the weather is fine you can come and take your chance and now good-bye that i may hasten to execute your commission and in sight of the house she paused to shake hands with her companion and receive lord wildingham's cordial adieu and thanks careless of the construction to which their tete-a-tete might be liable she even turned on reaching the hall door partly in a fit of abstraction and partly wrapped in consideration as to the words in which she should phrase her letter to her mother so as to command an immediate reply but seemingly watching till he was out of sight the retreating figure of lord wildingham end of volume three chapter twelve